Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What is going on, everybody? My name is Cotter Lauder. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We're back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally have a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? I'm good, Connor. Another perfect delivery of that intro on your end. <laughs> I kind of went into another place there. I actually can't remember a word I just said. <laughs> so, <laughs> that first, like, 20 seconds or so is just a time in the week when you black out and go on full autopilot. A lot of people wouldn't know that, but I actually do. Like, there's been many a time I've done the intro and said, how are you? And then in my head thought, did I say Weird News Wednesday or Hero Zero? No, okay, I'm on the right episode. Okay, that that weighs on your mind for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh, God, imagine I did. The embarrassment. We'll never get over it. But, Sean, this is Movie Monday and we're here to talk I mean there's been a lot of movie news this week and you are our resident movie expert so I, I come to you for all of <laughs> I hate when you agree with my nonsense <laughs> so but do I. I come to you <sighs> I put my fist up in the air <laughs> damn you Connor, take the fist out of the air and tell me about movie news for god's sake it's just it, there's just so much shot and you, I need your opinion on all of these minor pieces of news that in reality don't really mean anything. They, oh, they matter They matter nothing in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> there are bigger issues at play in the world. But moving into our first news story, is <laughs> this week we are starting with your favourite franchise and one of mine, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Now, we found out that number nine, was the upcoming film, and they would be going to space. But now we have found out that Fast and Furious 10 and 11 will be ending the franchise with a two-part movie. Interesting. So they... Mm. Are you telling me that they've had an arc all along for these movies and had a definite start and end point, and they decided that 11 
was the one to end on. When they plotted it out from one, they stopped at eleven for some unknown reason. Because they just were like, "We'll go one more than ten, just because." The spinal tap approach, of course. The spinal tap approach. The spinal tap approach to yeah, vroom vroom and and draft races, draft drift races, draft races, <laughs> draft races. As you know, king me bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of the races that we take part in, really. I am a demon at drafts. I'll destroy anyone at drafts any day. Anyone? Anyone at all? Are you calling everyone out right now? I'm I'm calling out Vin Diesel and saying, I will draft you, sir. Oh, I'm, I guarantee you'd beat Vin Diesel. I don't know. I feel it'd be a, like a demon at drafts as well. Oh, I think I we'd am. be evenly matched. <laughs> You would need like you need a longer time to do it, such as a two-parter. This is going to be like Harry Potter seven and eight. This is what they're doing here. Do you think in number ten they're going to set up a lot of plot points? Number eleven they're going to finish it all out with all the big action set pieces. That's what I'm thinking because the the issue like the issue with a lot of two-parter movies is that the first one is like all set up, and the second one is all payoff. There's not really a first, second, and third act. But a lot of the Fast and Furious movies are all just payoff, zero set up in any movie. Yeah, that that is true, and I, I suppose I'd be interested in seeing, like, do they try and do more? Do they do more developed storylines in a two-parter movie, or is it wrapping up every loose thread created by all of the other movies? <laughs> It is absolutely doing every loose thread. Every villain will come back and they'll all have to work together against like an even bigger villain. Is uh, like, But where do you go after space as well? Like time travel? Um, oh, time travel would be good. <laughs> do you think they're going to do an Avengers Endgame where they have to go back in time to previous Fast and Furious movies and like change something? They have to stop themselves stealing those DVD players. They won't be big in a few years, Vinny. Put them back. It's a dying mark. Not even Blu-ray takes off. (laughs) We're going straight to Netflix. You haven't heard of it, you idiot. For God's sake. Or do they go back to, like, Old West times? Like, Back to the Future? Oh, yes. I'm just imagining big Vinny Diesel in, like, a little cowboy hat. (laughs) Walking around. I oh if they don't do that like because the, the series has gone full mental, yeah. so I think just lean into it at this point. Like and he puts like nos the, he puts nos into a horse. That's what I was just gonna say. Maybe yeah. they go to the future where there's robot horses. Oh. Then they go to the past yeah. where there's past horses. <laughs> past but he has a robot horse mean, with nos in it. The, normally, past horses would just be normal ones. No, because they're from the future now. So, oh, of course, of course. The, now the robot horses are the normal ones. <laughs> they're so much in tune with the future technology that, like, they're like, "What is this? A regular horse?" If if your horse ain't out of the future, it ain't in the future. That's going to be the tagline for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no context. Fast and Furious Eleven. If your horse ain't in the future, it's out of the future. Just so you or know. Is it Fast and the Furious uh, 10 and then 10 part 2? Like a Final bet- Fantasy situation? I think they'll do Fast and Furious X. 
Oh, that's mm. pretty good. Yeah, I, I don't. I think the Triple X universe. Oh, Vinny's coming back. That's number one in the Triple X universe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't see them ever stopping making these movies, though. That's that is exactly where my brain went to because, like, they're like, "Oh, we're stopping at 11. guaranteed." If these movies keep making the same as the other movies, which were all about maybe one point six billion dollars every time you do a movie, there's no way on earth that they're going to stop doing them because they no. make so much money. And it might they might stop with like the current cast and the current like roster of characters, mm. but. I don't think that universe is dead at all. Yeah, I think a lot of the characters, a lot of, say, Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Tyrese Gibson, and even Ludacris, everyone's favourite character in all of these movies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Big shout out to Big L. But, like, we just think, I think they probably want to leave. And but they also like the idea of the franchise, so they're gonna let all those people go away, bring in a new whole set. This is what the MCU are doing right now. Fast and Furious are trying the same thing. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. No, I I would not be surprised either. And I think it makes sense, really, because they always make money because they do have a lot of broad appeal, and they are just f- dumb fun movies. Yes, that is true, and we're not shitting on them because I have seen. I think I've seen them all since five, um, and I think I would agree. Like it's all ridiculous. None of it makes any sense. There's no logic or physics to anything. But if you just sit down and just be like, "This is really dumb," but fuck it, let's just have some to watch. I think they're good fun. Yeah, they're like a they're a spectacle to watch. Yeah, as, especially um, with ever since they added The Rock and all, and all the new characters, and John Cena's in the new one, I think they realised that they don't need to be proper films. They just need to be just crazy enough that the end set piece is mental and that they can solve it with cars. And is there any way that number 10 does not end with Vin Diesel in grave danger? Tell me that. Oh, he's definitely going to... Oh, but what danger can he be in? The man has survived so much. <laughs> he survived the nuclear bomb going off near him in the last one. He didn't even hide in the fridge. <laughs> no, he was protected by cars. That's how he survived. Oh, of and fam, of course. And La Familia parked around him. But they parallel parked around him. Flawlessly, I might add. <laughs> Flawlessly, it was tough. I wouldn't be trying that, but they were trying it. To, to be fair, they were just on an ice. I think they were in Antarctica. I can't remember exactly where they were, but they were on an ice plane territory, and a nuclear bomb went off, and then they parked around Vinny, and they protected him from the flames, which I'm okay with as a final set piece. I think that makes perfect sense. I'm all in. One before that, car park landed on top of him. And once again, walked it off. No need Makes for any injury. Makes less sense somehow. <laughs> like, a car park. The explosion somehow is ridiculous. But a car park... i seen that car park land on him. Like, there's no way he's walking away from that. He just, like, brushes off his shoulders like, I'm fine. And so, I think number 10, they'll have to put him in some sort of danger where, I don't know, a nuclear bomb literally lands on his head or is about to land on his head. And only then... We have the close-up of his face, and then it cuts to black. And number 11 opens with that. That is, I think... Look, if any producers are listening, take that <laughs> and do run that. with it. Don't do that. 
Thanos comes back, and he's somehow in this universe as well. Oh my! He's he, he got. That's where they move when they get dusted. Is they go to the Fast and Furious universe? Oh shit! Yeah. Oh my god! And Voldemort is there. Everyone from every previous part one of a two-parter movie series. What if, like, Vin Diesel flies off on and to race on an alien planet or something like that? <laughs> you know what? They're going to space. It makes enough sense. I would be okay with Vinny Diesel racing an alien. I think so. I, th- I think it's the only logical conclusion at this point. Yeah. No, and just so you know, right, so we are still getting Fast and Furious movies until number 11. I don't know when that's scheduled to come out, because number 9 was scheduled for this year. I think 10 and 11 were scheduled for the two years after. But now everything, of course, has been thrown up into the air, so probably will be 2022, 2023 before we see any of these final films. I would be interested to see if they go through, because they're also doing Hobbs and Shaw too. So I don't think they want to leave this world just yet. No, not like, you know, the the world we live in. No one's, <laughs> not, no one's not suggesting this, that not color. The, not the mortal plane. I just, no. mean in ter- <laughs> I just mean in terms of the movie universe. Ah, of course. No, no, they don't want yeah. to leave that either. It makes too much yeah. money. Of course. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this involves the Suicide Squad. So, there's been a lot of talk recently about the Suicide Squad film with director James Gunn being behind the camera. And we have had news this week, and this is quite this is very interesting behind the scenes news that we didn't have before. Um, it says James Gunn had DC's permission to kill anyone in the Suicide Squad, even Harley Quinn. So there was nobody that he was told specifically he had to keep alive, which means this could be batshit insane. Yeah, literally no one is safe now at this point because that was what a lot of people said when they saw. The Comic Con like preview, they were like, "Oh, like Harley Quinn is never going to be in danger in this movie because mm. she's she's Margot Robbie and she's too popular a character." But now that's thrown out the window, and now there's higher stakes for everyone involved. Because somebody tweeted at him um, and said they thought that Harley Quinn, King Shark, and Amanda Waller would have franchise armor because DC has them in other things. And James Gunn retweet or tweeted back. No character was was protected by DC. They gave me carte blanche to do what I wanted. Right. Mm. So, because now look, there are obvious characters in there that are just fodder. Yes, and are just a lot, a lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them, most of them, I would say. Nathan but, Fillion, you better watch your fucking bag. Is have what you I'm heard thinking. A theory about Nathan Fillion. No. Uh, so there's a theory that he's arm fall off, boy. Fuck off. Yeah. No way. Because we don't know anything about him or his powers. I, if anyone doesn't know, arm fall off, boy is a character I have been like meaning to do for months on, yeah, probably ever since the very start of Hero Zero. And his name is his power. His arm falls off, and then he beats people with his arm. Like. And and it's a dumb character, and but there's also nothing to him. <laughs> like yeah, there's no, we can't there's no backstory. No, you can't do a report because his whole thing is he was created. His arm could fall off, and then they very quickly got rid of him from comic books forever. Yeah, so I like, I don't know what TDK would stand for there. 
Um, but apparently, if you look in the trailer, there's Polaroids uh, of a dis- like a severed arm with TDK's bracelet on it or something like that. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Um, also, interestingly, Gunn stated that he had that this right to kill off any character was one of the things we agreed to before I even came to work for DC. So this would have been in the very opening talks that he said, "I want free range to kill anyone that I want," which is a very interesting way to put it because this means he had this idea in his head since the start. That's that. Yeah, and he went in with that. He was like, no, this is how I want to do it. And no one can be safe. Hmm. Yeah, and especially if they're doing Starro, which is the rumoured villain for this movie, who is somebody that takes over people's bodies. Like, it's a big star alien thing, yeah, and it, like, covers their face. This. Like, that comes, that covers people's face, and, like, they would have to kill all those people to stop them. Unless they want to, unless they do a thing where if they kill the the original Starro, all the other minions all die off. It's like Alien. Like this could be Alien style, but just in the Suicide Squad. That would be very James Gunn, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, to be to do like a superhero horror kind of genre, put them together. Yeah, and it's something he can't, he couldn't really do that at Marvel. I would say. Hmm. Like, I don't think they would sign off on him being able to kill anyone he wanted and do weird body horror stuff with it. But because, but maybe yeah, because could- I think in regards to Marvel, they would have an idea for all the characters moving forward. Whereas DC, a lot of these characters, they've been clever in this and we don't normally give DC credit. But if you throw a lot of fodder into the movie, you can kill a lot of fodder. Like, a lot of these superheroes are shit. And they're meant to be shit. They're meant to be all be um, the the man who can climb anything. <laughs> you, you look, you leave patron saint of the podcast Slipknot alone. <laughs> Everyone, throw up the rips for Slipknot. <laughs> what a hero Rip from the not. first movie. <laughs> Ripknot. Oh, Ripknot, what a guy. He can climb anything, Sean. And we normally see his dead coming. So all these will he- be more of a shock. That's true. Now... There is precedent then for DC maybe to be like, if they want to carve out their own space in comic book movies, maybe they're the darker, weird ones. Like, not dark as in, like, Batman versus Superman. Oh, rain. But rain as, and dark and Superman Rain sad. and blue filters over everything. Oh, that'll work, Sean. Keep talking. You have me. Go on. No, but maybe they're the ones that are like, oh, no, here's the monstrous side of some of these villains. Because Starro yeah. is horrifying when you explain them to me. Yeah, Starro is horrifying, but weirdly, I've only ever seen him done in animated shows, in the Justice League Unlimited and Batman Beyond. And obviously, because they're animated, they have to lower down what he... He kind of takes over people, but like leaves no after effects once they, they beat him. But if you do that in a pure horror, maybe... Uh, a PG-13 or a 16 rated movie, you could make Starro fucking terrifying. Yeah, like, it, like you say, like aliens, like, and then you don't know, because I imagine for a good portion of this movie, they don't know if they can save the people that Starro possesses. So, yeah, and I, ca- I can't remember if... Normally they can... In, it dep- I suppose it depends. It depends what genre. Like, if he takes over Superman, you can stop him without killing the people. Yeah. 
but if he takes over, like, uh, I don't know, Polka Dot Man. Yeah, Rip Knot. <laughs> Rip Knot. He'll be extra Rip Knot that day. <laughs> yeah, I think they should bring him back. Like, he comes running over the hill waving. Guys, I survived! Here's how you do it, and you make it cool. At the end of the movie, he pops up, and he climbed out of hell. <laughs> you know what? Only us, only we want that. But I want to see Slipknot climb out of hell. And he's, like, fighting the devil. He's like, fuck off, yeah, I'm Slipknot. Don't know who I am. anything. Anything! The man can climb anything! The social ladder! Even! Actually, he has, doesn't <laughs> have many friends, apparently, in the first movie. He's Look, he's a very shy boy, Slipknot. No, doesn't he get out of that car and punch that woman? <laughs> he's not a nice man, I'll say that. But he's... He's... Funny? <laughs> I, yeah, funny only to us. Um, yeah, no, I, I think this is a really cool idea to give James Gunn just free reign to kill anyone. Um, and you could go all out with this. Like, Suicide Squad as a whole, it's in the name. They're the Suicide Squad. They have a seriously high fatality rate. Now, unfortunately, when they add um, Deadshot in and Harley Quinn, they do- obviously don't want to kill them. But a lot of characters are thrown in there just to be fodder. Like, they have, they all have bombs in their heads for a reason. It's not just there for an extra cool thing. You're meant to show them that, oh, this is serious. And obviously Slipknot was used to do that in the first movie, but nobody gave a shit. Like... The only way you do that is you set the stakes early by killing someone we actually like. Yeah, like, and I think that's why Taika Waititi is in it, because I think you hear his accent and you like whatever character he is. Yeah, and, and he's and definitely then dead. he blows up. He's definitely, he's going <laughs> to die first, I think. Because he's so busy with the Mandalorian and fucking Thor. Like, he's not going to be around on set for six months to film not a chance. He's too busy writing Oscar-winning movies. <laughs> they probably got him in for a weekend. They're like, we'll shoot all your scenes and blow your head off on the Sunday. Be done. Um, Could have done it yeah, over so- Zoom. <laughs> so yeah, I just I think that's a really interesting uh, piece of information that James Gunn has released and has definitely raised the stakes for that movie and I can't wait to see it. So we're moving on to a movie, Sean, that I'm very confused about. I'm hoping that you will be able to help me. So... Uh, recently, in recent years, we've discovered that uh, Margot Robbie would be playing Barbie in a movie. Um, they would also be doing a Hot Wheels film. But now we have even worse news, because everybody's favourite lovable dinosaur is getting his own live-action remake. Because Barney, live-action film, is exposed to explore the dark side of the series. What? What dark yes. side? So, the live-action Barney film may provide a heartbreaking spin on the series' most famous song. So, who's involved in this is Daniel Kaluuya, who is famous from Get Out and Black Panther, and he's a generally really cool, nice man. Well, he's producer for this movie, and he gave an interview last week, and he said, Barney taught us, I love you, you love me. Won't you say you love me too? That's one of the first songs I remember. But what happens when that isn't true? I thought that was really heartbreaking. I have no idea why, but it feels like that makes sense. It feels like there's something unexpected that can be poignant, but optimistic. Especially at this time now. I think that's what's really, really needed. Sean, is this a horror film, or a lovely film? I don't know. I don't know which way they're trying to go with it, because... Does... 
How do I how do I put this? Does the world need the dark side of Barney? <laughs> Not many people have asked that question. Um, no, like oh. it, what it reminds me of is you know there's all these like fan theories about just children's cartoons, like um, and normally the guy is like a killer. Guy's a killer, or Ash is in a coma the whole time in Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Or all the kids in Ed, Ed, and Eddie are dead and the cul-de-sac is purgatory and all this shit. Yeah, it's, it's always on Reddit. They're like, here's the ten, here's the ten clues. Look at the bottom yeah. right corner. And look, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. And it's an interesting thought experiment. And it's cool to see how people make it line up. But I don't think you can take a big purple dinosaur made for children mm. and just make it spooky. But so, is he making it spooky? Because he says it's poignant and optimistic. Yeah, but he also says he's exploring the dark side of the song. Yeah, what, what did he say? Uh, I, I love you, you love me, won't you say you love me too? And then Daniel Kalua is like, oh, what if they didn't love him? So it, yeah. it sounds like Barney's forcing a load of kids to say that they like him. <laughs> Which goes a whole other direction, really, when you think about it. Yeah, and like... Barney has a family as well. <laughs> Is this Joker but with Barney? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I, w- I would watch the point. shit out of that movie. If oh, Only if it's exactly like that will I yeah, be on board with every it. Every scene is the same. You just replace Joker with Barney. Oh, does he still put on, like, clown makeup at the end? Uh, yes. <laughs> when you introduce me, could you introduce me as Barney? Does, oh, does Thomas Wayne still feature <laughs> Thomas Wayne is there for no reason. <laughs> He's like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing in this bathroom, big dinosaur? Like, and is this going to be a man in a suit? Or is it going to be an animated thing? It says live action. So I can only assume it's a man in the suit. Um, uh, Daniel Clue also said that Barney was a figure in many of our childhoods. Then he disappeared into the shadows, left misunderstood. See, that sounds kind of dark. We're excited to explore this compelling modern-day hero and see if his message of I love you, you love me can stand the test of time. That doesn't track with everything else he said, though. No. Because surely if you want to see if the message stood the test of time, you would be it would be classic Barney in the modern day. Mm. And see if that still resonates with audiences and kids. But he sounds like he's trying to update it so that we feel sorry for Barney because he's been through a lot. Also, isn't Barney already live action? Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he I is. Know, I know for a fact those kids weren't animated. They were all real children. And is... Is is it's like... Do you think they'll do... Not Barney in a suit. More of a... Like Lion King live action Barney. Oh. Yeah, see now we have to think of that when we think of live action. Because they classify that as live action. Even though it definitely is not. Um, Hmm... I, yeah, they might do something to do with that because I don't think they want to bring out the suit because it then it just looks like the same TV show. Yeah, unless you're following. Oh, okay, what if they? 
What if there's a really sad dude wearing the Barney suit acting as Barney? Yeah, and he's so sad, and he's flipping aside, and then a lot of kids kick the shit out of him. Yeah, and then he's only happy when he has a gun. <laughs> and when he's bathing his weird mother. I, I feel we're wandering into Joker again, aren't we? <laughs> I think I think we need to do this movie. I think Daniel Kaluuya needs to do a Joker remake just with Barney. And I think that'd be cool. And then you have Robert De Niro at the end. And Bobby will be like, I love you. Do you love me? And then he pulls out a gun. Just change the script slightly. Just, just, just a little bit. Just a dash, a dash of Barney here and there. Were you a big Barney fan when you were younger? I think I was actually. I think I like mm. it was just always on because it was on RT two when we were kids, which is the Irish and broadcast station. Yes, and the second one of those RT one is for news cool and boring one. adult shit. But yeah. on RT two, up until about twelve o'clock in the day, it was all Barney and cartoons. <laughs> it was me time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was happy out. <laughs> I I think um, yeah, Barney is an interesting way to go about it. I want to see what the like what the Barbie movie is like as well. Like they have Margot Robbie in to play her. They're really trying to push this weird narrative of Barney and Barbie and just, like, stuff that were big in the 90s that they're bringing back. Yeah, like, when when's the ALF movie? When's that coming about? I see ALF is 80s, is he not? Is he? Or, I mean, he might be 90s. I don't know. Okay, let me think of something else from the 90s, then. <laughs> um, Flubber. Hmm. <laughs> Flubber. Oh, actually, <laughs> Flubber's still class, though, to be fair. Great movie. It's a great one. Great, great movie. That's Power your Rangers. movie reviews of this week. Um, Power Rangers. Springs that go down stairs. Uh, Recess. Recess. The TV show Recess. A live-action movie of Recess is something I would actually watch. That would be interesting. But it would be like Lord of the Flies, wouldn't it? Because that's... All that there, there's definitely dark theories about that show as well. Yeah, they're all probably dead, or they're demons, or zombies, or something, something along yeah. those lines. Um, When's the Tamagotchi movie? Oh, that's a great show. When is the Tamagotchi movie? Mine always died. <laughs> I actively killed mine. <laughs> yeah, don't feed it. <laughs> Just keep putting it to fucking sleep. Don't fucking feed it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also a Pokemon movie live action is Detective Pikachu but like do it again but like proper Ash Ketchum oh man that's a bold move mm. yeah I think that'd well, be a good one um, yeah. okay we're going to move on to our next piece of news and this is actually interesting Sean this is about oh uh, finally <laughs> show up streaming services we've got your favourite movie of all time, and we've got interesting ideas what the studios are going to do. This is news on James Bond, No Time to Die, everyone's favourite movie. So, Sean, what do we know? (laughs) Up until this point, Sean, what do we know about this movie? Um, It's Daniel Craig's last outing as James Bond, and they've pushed it back like four times since its original launch date. Yeah. Um, and Bond is, he's fighting an enemy he's never fought before, 
and the enemy might be closer than he thinks, but maybe he is the enemy, but maybe is, his ways aren't the good ways anymore. Is this Casino Royale? Are you reading that synopsis? No, I was reading the synopsis for Spectre and Quantum yeah. of Solace. <laughs> and Skyfall. Um, and all of the movies. Um, but No Time to Die has been... The people who run that have been very much trying to throw it around to streaming services uh, for the last week. So they've been trying to okay. get it off the cinema and maybe put it straight into either Netflix or Amazon or anybody that would take it. Unfortunately, Netflix and Apple TV were potential buyers, but they are now not going to be streaming the film. As the studio wanted how much money for the rights to play the movie, Sean? One billion. You always do that. Six hundred million dollars they wanted to play oh, no well, that's time to reasonable. <laughs> yeah, when you start with a billion, that's pretty good. No, to be fair, six hundred million. That, like most movies, can only dream of making that, yeah. and they want to be paid that just so that it can be put on streaming services. So yeah, they want the Netflix to pay them six hundred million dollars to have the rights to play it on Netflix. And presumably, it wouldn't make that money back. So they were just like they want to cut their losses. With, yeah, I think uh, six, with this six hundred million would actually be a good return for that movie, would it not? I think so. What was the budget for No Time to Die? I mean, probably a hundred million, maybe hundred and fifty million. Two hundred and fifty million US dollars. Look, you're still up three fifty. Yeah, like that's a decent return, and you've made your marketing budget back, and you don't have to do the marketing again, which is what they'll have to do when it comes <laughs> out. <in cinemas. laughs> yeah, that's what they're trying to avoid. Just like, don't make us put up any more posters on a bus, please. It's been four times already. Like that's. Uh, that must be like racking up costs for them, mm. just constantly. But so not, like, until until this week, it was actually assumed that No Time to Die would stick with the theatrical release. But then it was called into question. I think it was last Friday. Was they were like, oh, it might be going to streaming, and I think at this point they were trying to sell it. And they were trying to put more pressure on the streaming services to be like, it might, they're maybe leaking a little bit going, it might be going to streaming, guys. And then they were hoping that would put more pressure on Netflix and Apple TV to be like, well, the news is already out there, we need to purchase this. But then they came in with, we want $600 million. <laughs> Not the best, like, it, to be fair, you're putting all your cards on the table. And you're just saying, <laughs> no, nah, this is the amount, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, then MGM who's the studio behind it the, a spokesperson came out and explained uh, we do not want to comment on the rumours the film is now not for sale <clears throat> the film's release release has been postponed until April 2021 in order to preserve the theatrical experience for moviegoers which is such bollocks because they were trying to sell it about a day before and all the deals came true and now they're like we're trying to preserve the theatrical experience for moviegoers because we really care and we couldn't get 600 million dollars <laughs> yeah, out of that because they kept saying 400 and that was less and so now we care now we care about what people think we're, <laughs> look we're just we want people to experience this multi-billion dollar <laughs> franchise I wanted to experience 600 million dollars <laughs> but we can't all get what we want 
No, it's not that easy. Sometimes you have to take a loss of a few hundred million dollars. <laughs> Do you think this movie was ever going to make 600 million? Or is that... I think that's fucking outrageous, by the way. That they came to the, st- the streaming service. I know Netflix has fucking 20 trillion dollars. It doesn't really matter. But, like, that the movie you came to them with, to be like, this is the one that's going to get you a load of money. We want 600 million dollars for the fifth James Bond movie that nobody really cares about. See, like, Spectre made nearly a billion. Spectre made, like, 900 million. Yeah. But... That was that wasn't in the middle of a pandemic and having been pushed off for a year and a half. Yeah, they don't want to release it in cinemas, but they also came into the negotiations like with this, with thinking they had the stronger hand, which is weird because I think Netflix has all the power or Apple TV have all the power in that negotiation. It's like, what are you going to do? Release it to the cinema? <laughs> oh wait, they're all closed. What are you going to do? Yeah, like. They're really coming up, like, asking for more soup kind of a deal. (laughs) And then Netflix says, you can't have the soup. You haven't given us any bread. And then they say, well, you can't have our bowl then. And Netflix is like, we've got hundreds of bowls. (laughs) Literally, we make loads of money a day. (laughs) So much money. This is a bowl factory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they came to the bowl factory going, do we have a fucking bowl for you? Look this at is this, such a good bowl. This bowl was made a year and a half ago. It has not been seen yet. We were meant to release it then, but we still haven't. Yeah, I was meant to bring it to the market, but the market closed, and now I can't sell this bowl. So I want $600 million for this bowl. <laughs> um, I think that is... I think that's hilarious, and I think it just adds to the legend of this movie. This movie needs to come out, just for the sake of everyone behind it. I think they've gone mad. Oh, they've actually, like, the marketing department on this. Because presumably, they're still employed to market this movie. Yeah. So they're just trying their best to get it out somehow. <laughs> Do you think they came in higher with, like, a billion? Like you said, it's a, give us a billion. Oh, I think they have to be talked down, definitely. Yeah. And Netflix were like, we'll give you a hundred million. Give us 1.1 billion. Then they look around like, we fucking nailed this. This is Negotiations 101. This is what you call haggling. <laughs> haggling up, not down. Um, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is a franchise that you now love, Sean. Power, you keep saying this this episode. Power Rangers. We did a oh. Patreon review of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie last week. Uh, you can go head over to our Patreon if you want to listen to that. Um, but the Power Rangers franchise is now rebooting with an interconnected film and TV continuity, apparently. Okay, I have, I have thoughts on that. Didn't they just reboot it? Shush, shush. What do you mean? They, they didn't reboot it. I mean, that shitty little film that came out in 2017, nobody remembers it. So what we're going to do, we do it again. But we just act like that one didn't exist. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> they're now, like, people are idiots. They won't remember. Do it, What I do think is interesting is tying the movie into the Power Rangers TV show. Mm. Because for any of the previous ones, there was always this weird kind of disconnect between what happened 
you know, week to week on TV. And then suddenly there was this big movie and massive event that happened and it was never addressed. Yeah, like even the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie um, that we reviewed, like that happened in, say, 95. But at the simultane- simultaneously they were filming for the TV show. And in the movie, not to give away spoilers, but they get like this big ancient power from this great warrior princess. But in the TV show, they did not have the budget to replay their old footage. So, in the TV show, a weird robot gives them the same powers, but it like it's never explained. No, like it's a it's a what is a it's it's a different continuity nearly. Yeah. Um. And I now I didn't see the newer Power Rangers. I've seen like clips of it, and it doesn't look great. So I don't think it was terrible though. Like is all that just being thrown away, thrown aside? I I think it is. Yeah. Like um, in in 2017, the movie grossed 142 million dollars against a 100 million dollar budget. Um, now, it does have, like, a 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not a terrible score. Or, like, and I, don't, I remember watching it myself, thinking, it's not awful, but, like, it's obviously not good. It's kind of just, like, ah, it's grand. I, it's obviously a better film than the fucking 90s films, but they, those are just ridiculous. But, like, it's not... They were trying to be serious, but it wasn't serious enough. And the underperformance resulted in basically all sequels for that basic being cancelled, being scrapped, because it was kind of like, we didn't make $500 million on the first one, so what is the point of doing two and three? Yeah, we thought we'd instantly have Marvel levels of success with this. <laughs> we want instant satisfaction! <laughs> Fuck! We thought we could just sell a 90s movie and be done with it! But, like, the... The cast in it is pretty good, I would say. Like, they're all decent actors. Some are spectacular actors. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the actor's fault. I, I don't even think... Um, it's it's Elizabeth Banks plays uh, Rita Repulsa in it. Like, that, she's a Brian great Cranston actress. Brian Cranston is Zordon. Yeah, Brian Cranston is in it. Like, in terms of a cast, Brian Cranston was actually very involved in the 90s show. And so he was happy he enough was. to come back. Um, but... They, they were, that was not the issue. I think it was just they were hoping to make maybe $300 million and they made half that and they only made a $40 million uh, profit and so then they were like, okay, we'll just scrap it because there's no point. Um, which is a shame because I think if those movies were good, there was a market there in the current climate with all these superhero shit. Like Power Rangers is perfectly set up. You have five heroes. You differentiate their characters or their personalities. You make a big bad. They all come together. It's what we watch all the time when we watch an Avengers movie. So we just kind of you just do yeah. the same thing. Um, and so I think Power Rangers could work. But if they're linking the TV show to the movie, I don't think Power Rangers as a franchise has that kind of sway. Like, even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. struggles with that kind of connection. Yeah, and that's something they're really trying to fix at the minute with all the Disney Plus stuff. Is that everything carries over to everything else. Mm. But, like... It, it, see, the difficulty there is is that, like, you know fans of the TV show will likely see the film, but you don't know that everyone who saw the film will watch the TV show. So where do you direct your efforts into, like, 
not pandering, pandering is not the right word, but where do you choose to focus what, on what the implications of the film are in the TV show? And you also don't want to just be like, have a lot of filler in the TV show because you want people to feel rewarded. Like, it's such a weird balancing act that, like, you want people to just go into each movie cold and understand what's going on, but you also want the people who have seen the TV show to get more out of it. So, like, they're watching the movie and, like, oh, that reference makes more sense to me because I watched a TV show. Yeah, it's it's a tough balance. And, look, Power Rangers have done enough TV shows that maybe they have some formula up their sleeve that they're just waiting to use. It's it's all there. They, it, uh, maybe maybe they've been plotting this since the nineties. They've just been waiting for the right time to pull it all out. Yeah, and then twenty seventeen. That was just that was to get everyone excited. <laughs> that was just to, to wet the appetite. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then when that was not as well received as they thought it was, they thought, okay, now we know exactly what to do. Right <laughs> now, now we've asked more service what to do and now we'll do that <laughs> the um yeah no i look we'll we'll see what comes of it it'd be cool to have an uh, a power rangers shared universe a, a prsu always, if you will i will always watch a power rangers movie i just think like because i'm a classic 90s fan so like if it comes up i'll give it a go i'm, I'm aware that most of them are terrible but have you seen the bootleg universe version of Power Rangers on YouTube? Uh, no. It's like, um, it's only a 10 minute short clip, but it's basically uh, somebody, it's like a proper action set piece movie um, that they did it so that it's like Power Rangers are like soldiers in a war and it's like 18 rated and it shows them in the future and actually Rita Repulsa takes over the over the world. And, like, they're being captured one by one and killed off. Jesus. Yeah, I, I'll send That's... you the link on YouTube after this. But I would recommend watching... If you just type in um, Power Rangers Bootleg Universe, it should be the first thing that comes up on YouTube. That's really interesting sounding. And I love that people are making this outside of, like, all these filmmakers and writers and Hollywood types. That people are just like, this would be cool, let's do it. That actually came out before the 2017 movie, and I think that actually hindered it, because it was so good that people were just like, this is what I want. And then they watched the movie, and it was like, this is PG-13. This is not as good. <laughs> this, is, this other one on the internet for free is way better. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this actually involves our one of our favourite people here on the show, Tomothy Netherlands. That is Mr. Tom Holland. Um, he has released the first picture, or first image, I should say, of him as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted film that is finally in production this week. So this is after numerous delays. The Uncharted film is now finally in production, and Tom Holland has released the first still image of him dressed as the character. Sean, what is your connection to Uncharted as a game? Uh, played the first one ages ago, and then I bought... Uh, all the rest of them, I have them on PlayStation, and I still haven't, 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 haven't tried them because yeah. I keep just replaying old shit that I, I like better. Yeah, it's so weird. It's I think this is the this is what happens when you get older. <laughs> you can just you're like I played a game I liked when I was fifteen instead. Yeah, like it's like oh, I have two hours to play a video game. Do I play one that I know I like, 
mm. or do I play one that I might not like with this <laughs> very so precious old. time that I have? I know, <laughs> I know. But as far as like Uncharted goes, I think it's cool. I think it's much more of a like a story that you play through rather than a game where you have full control, if you get me. Yeah, it's very much, like, set up, so, like, the story is evolving, and it's a lot of quick-time events, say, so, like, you react to things that are happening on the screen, but the characters, it's very good story-wise, and I think that's why, for years, Uncharted has been seen as, like, this could be the, the, the video game movie that is actually good. Because it's all there in the games anyway. So if you just copy the storyline from the games and you just fill in the little bits where normally you would play in the video game, but you just instead just have Tom Holland doing that, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Yeah, and it's it's strange because it's always praised, as you say, as this like example of amazing storytelling in video games. And you could say, to everyone that says it should be a movie, you could say... Isn't it enough that that story already exists in this form of media? Why would you condense a 20-hour game down into a two-hour film? That That is an interesting concept, because the longer we go with video games and the more they expand, like, we both know ourselves, like, a lot of video games these days are just their own movie. Like, that is... They just create this scenario where the set, the cutscenes are just as long as the times that you play. Um, and a lot yes. of them are the, they're, they're the most interesting ones like The Last of Us is probably the best example of it. like that could be a movie but it's just in game format that's the medium they chose to tell that story through yeah and um, the one that I point to is God of War the newer one which is it's completely different from all the other God of War games which are essentially like arcade beat-em-ups and this one's this really heartfelt story about a father and son. And yeah, I, I yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think and it, and that works really well in that form. It does, and turning it into a movie would do it a disservice because you don't experience it as personally. I don't think. Yeah, that's that's another cool aspect of why. I that's what I think a lot of why video game movies don't work. Like when they're expanding. Now most of them are just shit. Like Doom is a terrible fucking film <laughs> with the rock. Yeah, like the Tomb Raider the, movies are not good. The last one is okay. Like, but the Angelina Jolie ones are not great. Like, but yeah, a lot of video games are why they work is because you feel like you're in control of the character. And so, when they die, oh, fuck, that's my fault. Whereas in the movie, when they get punched, it's like, ah, fuck it, it's grand. It, this happens in every movie. You kind of lose that connection with the character that you would have. Yeah, so, as far as, like, Tom Holland as Nathan Drake goes, I think he looks the part. I think he looks, like, he looks like an adventuring action hero, because that's what he was paid to do in this film. Um <laughs> But Nathan Drake but, is, like, probably mid-30s, late-30s, and so I think this would be more of a prequel or an origin story for the character itself. Yeah, I think they're hoping that they can evolve this with Tom Holland as he grows older. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's a good idea. Doing this least. I think, yeah, and it's good that they're planning that out. Um, like, But something about the photo that was released, it just looks like cosplay to me. And that's not disparaging cosplay at all, but 
there's nothing about this that says it has to be Tom Holland in this role, if you get me. Mm. I, but I think Tom Holland, we haven't, obviously this is just a f- picture, so we haven't seen him in action moving around, but I can see him as an adventurer and like a wide-eyed adventurer, say, at the start, because it is a prequel or an origin story, and he grows into that more grizzled vet as it goes along. That would be very interesting to see, because he is still quite boyish mm. um, in in like his features and things like that. It's um, like um, it's like Indiana Jones, but like without Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> it's just Tom Holland instead. Exactly. Now, what's interesting <laughs> is, is he committing to a big brand new franchise as well as Spider-Man? Or is he stepping away from Spider-Man? Maybe we're Let's being replaced start that by... Rumor. Hmm, Miles Morales, what are you up to these days? Because Tomothy Holland, he's busy with some Uncharted. Like, that is, that is a very possible thing to happen. I would say. Mm. Um, Have you seen um, The also, Devil All the Time, by the way? I was just about to bring it up. I've yeah. not watched it, but like simply because I need to be in the right mindset to watch that movie. Yeah. Um, but he looks amazing in it. Yeah, and I, and I think he's very much trying as an actor to move away from slightly dorky, juvenile kind of Spider-Man persona, maybe into something more mature, because, like... The, the the chap is grown up. Like I know we all think of him in Civil War as he is. He was literally seventeen, but eventually he will become twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, and he might not want to play that same character all the time. Even though he's great at it, and I think he can keep that to the Spider Man thing. But in other movies, what what normally happens is if they have this superhero role, um, they they choose they choose roles that are the opposite of that because it's cooler and it's something to do. Yeah, and it's something different, maybe, that you've not uh, got gotten to experience in a while. Yeah. Um, now, previous to this, the main, like, fan casting for the Uncharted games, and this is, like, 10 or 15 years ago when they started coming out, was Nathan Fillion. Yes. Because he looked he, the stamp of Nathan Drake. Like, it was the exact same. It was the same human being. And so I think Nathan Fillion said, look, I'd be interested, but I'm, like... I'm I'm 50 now, you <laughs> yeah. know. I'm, I've gone beyond that. But I just hope. I think, I hope I, 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 I do, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say I hope it works out for him because I think this could be a massive franchise if done right. But also, it's a video game movie, so I'm very much not getting my hopes up until the first movie does well. Yes, like you do have that inbuilt audience there, but that inbuilt audience already knows the story. Yeah. So it needs to be good enough. That it it's at least a match for the experience they already had with that story, and also not hold the hands like you want to bring new people in, but you can't also just hold the hands of people that already know the story, like and they feel like oh they're, they're talking down to me. Yeah, yeah, it can't be too oversimplified, but also it can't be too complex <laughs> that only fans of the game will get it. Good luck! <laughs> this is an interesting thing. Um, that's why most video games don't work, because that's just the, it's the same with books. Why are most books better than most movies based on those books? Because you have a whole book that we use in our own, use our imaginations, and they have to put down a whole 450 pages into an hour and a half. Yeah, and you, things will be left out, and the thing you leave out will be someone's favourite thing. Yeah, um, okay, we are finishing Movie Mondays this week, Sean, with possibly some big news, and I think you're going to be excited about this one as well. 
And I left it to last because I wanted to get the biggest reaction out of you. So, Justice League, okay. the Snyder Cut. I mean, we know what's happening. That is not news. But what is news is what is quite possibly the worst thing you could add to Justice Le- the Justice League Snyder Cut to make it even more just juicy, to make it even more DC. Uh, I, I, I'm genuine. A billion dollars. A billion dollars. No, this is the return of one of our favorite segments here on the show. This Fuck is. No. Jared Leto news It's Jared Leto news And that is I, Sean We need to get a jingle But Justice League Snyder <laughs> Cut Has brought back Jared Leto's Joker Or Leto If you like him But Leto <laughs> This is I forgot he was in that universe at all Yes Leto was back <laughs> uh, Look at least we have the headline for this episode <laughs> Um, Jared Leto is returning to the DCEU as the iconic DC baddie, the Joker, for Zack Snyder's Justice League, it has been said. Jesus. (laughs) What purpose does he serve? Yes! Yes! Sean, how excited are you? I'm fucking... Not excited. I'm less excited. How dare you? What are you doing? Just when you think... This movie couldn't get better. They sprinkle a little toe in. I was excited for... I was cautiously excited for this movie. Mm, And now I'm really... Now I really don't care anymore. (laughs) Because they're just throwing everything into it at this point. Yeah. This is Zack Snyder just being like, Well, I'm going to do my own movie. Fuck you. (laughs) Was this in the original cut? I've never heard this referenced in any of his things. It has never been referenced once. It has never been rumoured once. So, I don't know if he was ever added originally, but he is in the movie now. So, maybe Zack Snyder always had the idea that he was going to add Mr. Jared Leto. Everyone's favourite actor. One of our favourites here on the show. And if people are wondering why we are not nice to Jared Leto, um, it's because he just seems like a lot. He just, yeah, like working with him seems like a nightmare. When he sent people and used condoms and dead pig heads on Suicide Squad, or when he made himself blind on the set of, um, what was it, uh, Blade Runner, uh, yeah. he was, and he's not a blind man, but he made himself blind and put somebody else out because they had to bring him to the bathroom probably five times a day. <laughs> Some other poor extra. Yeah, like, what's. Do you think he's being added in at, like, the call of HBO, who have said, look, there's four of these episodes, have the Joker show up in one of them, (laughs) probably the first one, so everyone watches that. Look, my daughter loves 30 Seconds to Mars, bring him back in. Could be, could be. Mm. But where, like, where does he fit into it? Because there are bigger threats at play, I would say, than the Joker. Yeah. you know, dark side, and you have to bring Superman back from the dead. Maybe Green Lantern is coming into it. Yeah, now they're all good point shot, but what about this? What about Joker, big vat of milk, pops up, Batman's there, punches him several times, and then you get to see the dynamic between Ben Affleck and Jared Leto, Batman and Joker, and Joker's Odd after that killing we've not Robin. Seen that, actually. 
We haven't seen those two on screen together other than the little bits in Suicide Squad, but properly talking to each other. And I would be interested to see what kind of conversation they could come up with. This version of Batman would not let the Joker live. He would ba- he would absolutely take out a Gatlin gun and then take out several knives and stab him repeatedly and then blow him up with a grenade until he sh- and then shoot his dead body until he was bits. What if right? Yeah. Th- we see the Joker beating Robin to death as is heavily okay. referenced in Batman vs. Superman. And it's yeah, that's a flashback, and he doesn't have all the weird tattoos. Oh, okay. Would could, Possible, maybe? Um, but wh- where would that happen in the movie? <laughs> like, is Batman just sad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> like, un- none okay. of this makes any sense. Like, they're trying it, to no, it makes Superman no sense back. why he'd pop up. Superman back from the dead. Let's add a ten minute cutscene of Joker beating the shit out of, t- t- about out of Robin for no reason. What what if he like hangs a lantern on it and is so like Zack, Zack Snyder is being like maybe I don't know so someone with the ability to see people's memories or Wonder Woman's lasso of truth truth right lassos Bruce and is like why are you so violent and then. Okay. Wait, hang on. Can I just follow that up with one question? Just one yeah. retort. Do you think, in your in your honest opinion, Zack Snyder would try to explore why Batman is so dark and aggressive? I, 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 look, I'm not putting it past him. <laughs> He's the one who made him like that. But, but, but a lot of the fans didn't like it, and he's been hearing that for four years. Yeah. But he doesn't agree. So I, think, I think you put in one last of a truth scene where Bruce opens up to Diana about, you know, Joker beat a child to death and now I kill people. There you go. Yeah. And, okay, I mean, what if at the very end, right, Darkseid is there and Darkseid is like, no, I'm not here to kill everyone. I brought my friend, Jared Leto. And then Jared pops out, and he's got damage on his forehead, and he's so cool, and Batman's like, oh, I knew he was behind this. And Wonder Woman's like, who the fuck is this dude? And Superman just immediately kills him, within seconds, because he's sad. So, yeah, Superman does, like, the injustice storyline and punches (laughs) Joker through the stomach. (laughs) For no reason. Completely unprovoked. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't any of them do that to that version of the Joker in particular? Yeah, well, that Joker would not be alive. If Ben Affleck, from everything we've seen from Ben Affleck and how violent this man is, his brains would be on a warehouse wall. Like, yeah, that would be day one of their meeting. Yeah, and Joker would be like, be, Remember that time hey. I killed a guy that looked like a clown? <laughs> Yeah, that one time. I met him once and he's been a butcher to death. I killed he's him within seconds. <laughs> he looked at Robin with a crowbar and I killed him. Yeah, he went to a hardware store and I decided to cut him <laughs> off there. <laughs> I, I arrived with my machine gun ready. Ready for him to return. And Like, I don't get what adding Joker in would add to this story. But I also don't know what the new story is. Because he's changed it a lot. 
Yeah, this could be a whole new story, maybe, because they are filming, like, 300 million... No, they're adding, like, a lot more budget. I think it was $75 million they were spending on reshoots and stuff. So, with that all thrown in, you also have Jared Leto coming back. Like, this could be a whole different story. Or are they just adding Leto just to have a bit of name recognition? But weirdly, a character nobody liked the first time around. It's possible that they would do that yeah. like maybe they go to Arkham or something like that and he's in there I don't know he's just there to like sew up a few pop uh, plot points that like are set up but will never be answered after this four parter this is such a weird situation to be in for a piece of content though <laughs> that they're just like let's just throw it in fuck it See what happens. We'll we'll put up all four episodes or movies or whatever you're calling them, and yeah. we'll let the fans re-edit it into something that makes sense. <laughs> and if they don't like it, then I'll tell them Joss did it, and I'll re-edit it again two years from now, and we'll be away with it. We'll just keep making this. This is the only <laughs> movie that gets made. Just keep adding fucking Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang next time around. We're just going to keep adding yeah, villains until they like it. In. Um, oh my god! Also, he has news. he has revealed that ro- the Robin that died was Dick Grayson uh, in the Batman vs Superman thing. Oh, not Jason Todd. No, it's worse. It is worse. Uh, um, it's the good one. It's the it's the one people would like, as Zack Snyder would tend to do. And also, uh, Joe Maginello is returning as Deathstroke for the Zack Snyder cut as well. Right. Okay. That's a lot yeah. of villains going into this. So you got Lex for no Luthor. Good reason. You got Darkseid. You got Deathstroke. You got Joker. That's four villains already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta bring back Superman from the dead. You gotta sort out Batman and Wonder Woman's relationship. You gotta somehow introduce Cyborg. You gotta make the team look like they're a team. You gotta somehow make them bond. Um, you have to set cool. up a Flash Wonder Woman. Yeah, you gotta duo set film. up a Flash Wonder Woman team up. <laughs> um, you gotta set up Flash in this film as well. Uh, oh man! In a four-parter, this is going to be impressive if he pulls it off. Yeah, and it's only coming out on HBO Max. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Sean, that is it for this week's Movie Mondays on that big bombshell news. Big Jared. You ruined we my never week. Get to, we never get to finish on Jared Leto news. I love that segment. It's, it's certainly a segment that happens frequently. <laughs> um, do you want to take us out? Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. A big thank you to everyone who supports us over on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash heroes for hire podcast. Everyone over there, Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic and Josiah Green. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. We really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoyed uh, the Power Rangers review uh, that we put out uh, this month. Um, It was, I was going to say fun to watch, but... It was a watch. It it happened. Um, The movie did take place and I was sat there watching it. Yep, all the way up until the end fight scene. (laughs) Ryan Evans in one of our Patreons said, I'm sorry for making you have to sit through this, but I'm also not sorry. I'm kind of happy. Ryan, I respect that. Fair play to you. (laughs) 
Um, we're also on all the social medias. Uh, Twitter at Heroes for Hire Pod, the four is the number four. Facebook Heroes for Hire Podcast. Instagram Heroes for Hire Podcast. Or you can email us Heroes for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mean. And I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.